It's great to see so many friends here. It's a really lovely occasion. Thanks. And thank you very much to, to all three speakers. And there's no way I'm going to be able to respond to all the ideas they've thrown up. And anyhow, you'd probably soon be sick of hearing the, 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 us lot up here on the stage speaking. I'll just pick up, though, on one or two of the points that were made. Maybe almost to tell you why I, why I started thinking in certain kinds of ways. I mean, this issue of relational thinking, which has been mentioned by all three speakers and which looking, I mean, it's always embarrassing. Stuart said that, Stuart Hall said this in a thing he did about his own work just recently. It's embarrassing when you read your earlier work to find actually over 30 years you've always been saying pretty much the same thing. <laughs> you've been hammering away at it, coming at it from here, coming at it from there. But there's this essential message which you've never been able to drop. You know, it's like dog worrying away at a bone. And I think relational thinking has been a bit like that for me. Um, and it, it started in a whole host of ways when it was to do with spatial divisions of labor. You know, I still am. I've lived down here more down here. I've lived down in London and the southeast for over half my life, and yet still somehow I'm a northerner. And spatial divisions of labor came very much out of being a northerner in a sense, because the regional problem, as it was called, which meant us, um, the north, um, was always seen as a kind of geographical pattern. We had more unemployment. We had less skilled workers. We had uh, lower incomes. And I wanted to get away from thinking of it just as a pattern like that. So there was a problem up there that we had to solve. And to think how the differences across the country were related to each other. And the way in which I did that was to say those patterns, or I tried to argue that we should do, was to say those things that just look like patterns on a map are the product of the underlying relations of production stretched over space. So the managers are in London, the production workers are in the north, the research workers are in Berkshire or wherever it is, but they aren't just things you map onto space. Linking them are relations of power. Linking them are the social relations that structure the space of this society and those inequalities. So we can't think, and this needs saying even more today, we can't think about the success of the Southeast or of the First World without thinking of the poverty elsewhere. They, they are intimately linked. So it was trying to think relationally in that way. Thinking relationally about, about place crept up on me in a different way, and I think it really hit me in the period around 1989 when there was so much vile and violent defense of the specificity of place. You remember the period of ethnic cleansing. And that when the, with the breakdown of Yugoslavia, the breakdown of the Soviet Union, so many nationalisms, parochialisms, localisms uh, rose to the surface that had been buried for so long in various ways. And place became associated in the kind of daily media politics with the desire to exclude those who didn't belong. It became associated with a defensive nationalism, with a kind of fortress notion of exclusivity and of ownership. And for, for me as a geographer, that was an absolute disaster, really, because I hated that politics. That, that kind of fortress notion of place was absolutely the opposite of everything I meant. And yet, on the other hand, I, I did not and still do not want to let go of the deep love of the specificity of place, 
that feeling of knowing where you are and why it is so, and of all those long histories and trajectories that meet up there that make it so and make it specific. And so that setting about to rethink place as something produced relationally, that is produced by relations and connections and things that have happened all around the world to create the specificity of this local place, was a way of being able to say, yes, it's particular, yes, it's specific, but it's not an enclosure. It is not Fortress Europe. It is not little English nationalism. It is not Serbia, which only belongs to the Serbs. It was to try and hold on to specificity and be an internationalist. And I think, I mean, one, one other thing that might be said at that point was, you, I think it was Jamie, you talked about how there are tides of, of, of uh, change going on. I mean, I don't think I knew at the time, but that was very much at the same time as feminists were arguing about the relation, relational construction of woman. We were having the same arguments about sexuality, about in the anti-racist campaign, about the notion of race. So there was a whole, within cultural studies and sociology too, a whole movement of relational thinking, and relational thinking about space and place, in a sense, fitted in with that wider intellectual... Um, just, just rethinking that we were all trying to do in various political ways, in various political struggles, which, were most, which had their expression within the academy. And I think that what seemed to happen to, for me to the argument about place, and I wrote an article called A Global Sense of Place, which kind of said all little local places are actually the product of wide international relations. You can't think about England without thinking about the empire, etc., etc. All very obvious now that the, the local is the product of the global. And in a sense, I became... It's, it's hard to know how you recognize these things, but I gradually recognized that that was only one half of the picture, and we were actually becoming almost internally self-obsessed by looking inside places. We all knew that places are hybrid now, and we kept on saying places are hybrid, and they're not coherent, and they are open to the outside. But it was always about the global within the local. And the kind of thing that, you were, that Jane was talking about, about the outward-lookingness look, of place, was a response to that. That to say a place is relationally constructed just, doesn't just mean that it is internally a product of all those wider relations. It also means that we must look out to those wider relations and ask about our responsibilities towards them. So that brilliant map of the single contract that Jane put up we might ask about the effects in those places where all those dots were of the migration of those migrants to London. I mean, the example I give in World City, and there are people here in the audience that have worked on this far more than me, but is of professional workers from the global south, without whom this richest of cities in the global world could not exist, who come here to help it uh, continue. It is that the, there are closed health centers in West Africa, education systems on their last legs in the global south because professional workers have come here. The social reproduction of London could not happen without that. So as well as glorifying quite rightly the freedom to migrate and the fact of the multicultural nature of London, one aspect of one effect of looking outwards as well is to say, and what is the effect of that on those other places? So that's what I was trying to get at precisely.
by outward lookingness. We have a story of it right now, which we're being, it's being thrown at us on the news every day, and that is the global financial crisis is um, global and it was made in the USA. Basically, it is saying it's not our fault. Well, it's certainly global in the sense that the global crisis, global financial crisis has repercussions across the globe. It's also made in the USA, just to the, because of the proximate cause of it was the collapse of the subprime market in the USA, but it could have been many other things. But make no mistake about it, the, the preconditions culturally, economically, in whole ways of thinking about financial deregulation, they were set up here, in this, in this country, in the United Kingdom, in London, in the 1980s, in the financial city. Remember the Big Bang and all those things. It's not just that local places are produced by the global, but that the form of the global is also produced in local places. And that's kind of trying to reverse that thinking in order to make us think, and what does our local place stand for? What can we as people inevitably and necessarily embedded in local places uh, do to take responsibility for, at least to recognize and then to take responsibility for those wider relations within which we live out our daily lives. So that's one, that, that's, that's how relationality in a sense happened for me. Just, just a couple of other points on things that were made. Territorial versus relational. Ash said there's a kind of resurgence of the territorial back against the relational. I think it's a false problem and it's partly set up because things almost inevitably get set into two camps. You know, on the one hand, there's a, a space of places, and on the other hand, there's a space of flows, and you have to agree with one or the other. When I kind of set about imploding the notion of fortress space, in that, a place in that way, I absolutely did not want to get rid of the notion of place in itself at all. I wanted to hang on to it. What I wanted to do was reconceptualize it. And it seems to me there is no contradiction from a relational point of view between thinking relationally and utterly acknowledging the existence of entities, whether they be nations or places or all kinds of things. The point is that we must rethink them away from being isolated boxes with borders around that aren't in themselves produced through their interrelations into thinking them as precisely products of, as Ash called it, their co-production. So it isn't an argument between territory and relationality. It's an argument about the relational rethinking of the territorial to acknowledge precisely um, that interdependence, I think. Um, I don't want to go on, but on the, on the descent into the micro, I think that happened. I mean, it's true that a lot of relational work now is about tiny little, the ways managers relate to each other within firms and stuff like that. And I have to say, it's not my thing. Uh, I think what happened was that the, the arguments about relationality got tied, got, got, happened at the same time as we were all rejecting grand narratives. And there was this kind of... Um, desire not to assume big pictures, the grand narrative of progress or of modernity or of modes of production or whatever. And so we went down into, the, or some did, into those looking at the, each of the little local um, 
relations, exchanges, what it practices that it took to make up those grand narratives and re re refuse to think about them. Now, I think that's a problem. I absolutely don't want to, I don't mind if other people go down to the micro level, but I don't want to in that way. Um, because it does miss out the big story. It does make it very difficult to pick out the real big relation, the real big structuring relations of power. And I think we should avoid that. And a big story is not the same as a grand narrative. In a grand narrative, you already know the end. You know the direction, you know what's going to happen. In the end, it will be progress, globalization, communism, whichever grand narrative you happen to be standing in. In, an ordinary, in an, a big story, all you know is that there are big things happening in the world, like there are now indeed. You don't know the end. It's not something which gives you a template through which already given you can interpret every single thing that happens. But it does enable you to stand at a level which is much bigger than the level of those, all those micro-interactions, which I think people are getting so involved in now. I'm just going to say one thing about the bookends and the, and the, the conjunctures, because um, I think this afternoon, late, later, we will talk a bit more about the current conjuncture. Um, Spatial Divisions of Labour was actually written before the assumption of dominance by finance. It was written at the end of the, what we call the Fordist period, when, um, when capital industry was trying to get out of a crisis by extending geographically, by pushing off its production into cheaper areas and so forth. Um, it didn't take into account, therefore, that, that earlier conjuncture of the 1980s. World City did. I mean, for me, the 1980s was the crucial decade of change at that point. It was, it was at that point, and there were all those battles in the GLC that we were part of, and which we shall undoubtedly come back to this, later this afternoon. It was at that point that finance established its dominance, um, both globally and within this country. Um, and in a, I'm just thinking about this geographically I think it was also a point at which a small part of London came to establish a, a, a new, not brand new but a newly uh, sharpened dominance over the rest of the country um, and that has had massive effects um, over the intervening 30 years and it was almost a moral geography as some people call it the, the values, I remember a picture, some of you will too, of Margaret Thatcher in a black coat, I think she had, wandering dolefully across a piece of waste ground, I think, in the northeast of England. And the whole message, she was pictured at a slight distance, and the whole message was, she was thinking, how can I bring the values of the London and the southeast to these benighted lands uh, where mines are closing, have been closed, and steelworks are closing, and so forth. And there was very much an attempt to establish the kind of the values of the southeast over the rest of the country. What is happening now is that those values themselves are in utter disarray. I, I mean, you can hear metaphorically those voices in the north. I knew those yuppies had come to no good. You know. <laughs> 
there's a, there's a huge geography behind this, and maybe this afternoon we can talk about it some more. But we were told stories about the necessary geographies of this country during that period, which we must challenge. They were challengeable then, but with the complete implosion of the system that's happened in the last couple of years, we absolutely must continue to challenge them now. And maybe we can talk about that a bit more this afternoon. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.